Pastor Chris's podcast. So today we're beginning a new series, two-part series on God's green earth, God's creation. I love uh, nature. I love to be out in it. Ever since I was a, a young, young kid, just love to go out and sometimes we just go for a walk in the woods by myself and just really enjoy it. I see God's creation and I see the fingerprints of God all over creation and it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to me um, and I've always enjoyed hunting and fishing and hiking and all kinds of things outdoor. I love living up in Cahutta, Georgia, just up the road from here, out in the middle of the country and, and, and by the time I leave Cleveland Highway and wind my way back through those windy roads and see all of the, the cows and the green pastures and, and, and we see possums and skunks and raccoons and foxes and coyotes and I think I've seen just about everything except for a bear <laughs> up in those places, but it's beautiful and, and I love how God in his creativity has made such a beautiful, beautiful world. And so I, I, I'm excited about having a chance to talk about this today. And, and, and the video was just, is just to, to, to think about the wonder of God's creation. Everything from oceans to skies to earth to mountains to valleys and everything in between. How creative an artist is God that he, he thought all of that up and created us as well. Today we're going to focus more on, on the land and next week we will talk about the animals. But today, I wanted to begin by telling you that this message series is actually sparked by my daughter Grace's question. Uh, last year, she asked a question. She, she was sort of aggravated. and She said, you know, why, why is it that preachers always preach on all these controversial topics, but I never hear a preacher preach about taking care of the environment? And uh, why do Christians never seem to talk about that? And so as I was thinking about that and it's just thinking about it kind of got under my skin. You know, she's right. We don't. Why is that? Why don't we talk about the environment very much? The environment and environmentalism has become such a, a huge political topic in our times. But today I'm not interested in what politicians or what environmentalists or what any person has to say about the environment. I want to turn to the word of God in the Bible. You see, the Bible is the unchanging divine truth of God. It is the Christian's foundation for everything about how we are to live and what we believe. So what does the Bible say or does it say anything at all about taking care of the earth? God's charge to humanity to take care of the earth, to take care of his creation goes all the way back to the beginning of time. And I want to begin today by reading that to you. It's from Genesis chapter 1 and verses 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, and the birds in the air, and the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So God's charge to humanity to take care of his creation goes all the way back 
to the beginning of time. God created people and he charged people with the task of governing the earth. Sometimes people like to focus on the word where it says reign over the birds of the sky and the, the fish of the sea and all of the animals to reign. When you hear the word reign, it, it, make, it brings to mind the, the idea of authority. And sometimes people have used that as an excuse for humanity to do whatever they want with the earth. But that's not what God's instructions to humanity were. It says there's another word there. It says to govern. A governor is one who doesn't take advantage of those he governs, but tries to take care of and to lead those for the betterment of those for whom they are governing. So to govern the earth, people are to govern the earth. And I think that the best word of all is the word stewards. We are to be stewards of God's green earth. What is a steward? A steward is a person who manages or who looks after another person's property. And this idea of stewardship and our role as people of being stewards of God's gifts is at the core, the very core of what a Christian must understand when it comes how when it comes to how to treat the earth, but not just how to treat the earth, but how to treat every aspect of life, not just the environment. It is the recognition that the earth and nothing really belongs to us. It all belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to Him. And you could add to that all the resources of the earth and, and all the money of the earth and all the animals of the earth. All of everything really that belongs into the whole universe belongs to the Lord. And we are to be stewards of it. Now suppose it's all cold right now. We've had the snow and we've had the ice and we're looking forward to summer. Suppose you have a, a friend who owns a mansion on the beach and they say to you, you know what? You look like you, you're really cold and you need a nice vacation. I'm going to give you, I'm going to let you use my mansion on the beach for a week so you can have a free vacation. You don't have to pay anything for it. Just go down there and use my house on the beach and just enjoy it for a week and do whatever you want. And they hand you the keys. And you're like, hallelujah, right? I'm going to the beach. You head on down to Florida and you go to that house, that mansion on the beach. And you, they said you can do anything you want to do. Now, are you going to destroy their house? Are you going to throw a party and, and wreck it from wall to wall and leave stains all over the carpet? And I hope you're not going to do that. I mean, just because you are a decent person and this is your friend who has given you this great gift, you're not going to go down there and destroy that mansion on the beach. You're going to do the best that you can to enjoy it but also to take care of it, right? Because this is your friend. You don't want to damage your relationship with your friend. Besides that, they've gone, they've given you this wonderful gift. But see, here's the thing. God gave us the earth. And he said, you can use it and you can enjoy it. But this is not just our friend. This is the God of the universe. And when he hands us the keys to this wonderful world, what are we going to do? Are we going to wreck it from wall to wall and leave stains all over the carpet and in the sea and in the air? Are we going to do that? Absolutely not. 
Because we recognize this place is not ours. It belongs to the Lord of Lords and the King of the Kings, the God of the universe. And we ought to take care of it for his sake. And that's what he's asked us to do. Now, after playing in the snow yesterday, uh, my kids got cold and they, uh, they wanted to come back inside and get warm. So they sat down on the couch and they started watching this movie called Avatar. Have you all ever seen the movie Avatar? It's a pretty amazing, spectacular movie. Uh, three, it, it was a 3D movie that came back several years ago, directed by James Cameron. It was noted at its release for the whopping $237 million that it cost to make this CGI-based uh, movie. And I think it was a record at the time, if I recall correctly. And the storyline of this movie, it's a, it's, a, it's a great fictional movie, but it's, the storyline is a great summary of the modern, secular, not Christian idea of environmentalism. And uh, maybe this is why preachers and Christians don't preach or talking about environmentalism very much. Because let me summarize. Now remember that this movie is basically the, the poster child for what environmentalism is thought of in our world today in modern times. In the movie, there is the uh, protagonist, which are the evil alliance that is between the military and, the, and businesses. And they have gone to this futuristic planet called Pandora. And they are allied together to strip the planet of its resources. It's a beautiful, beautiful planet with all kinds of interesting things to learn. And there are, there are some scientists who are also environmentalists. And they are, are there trying to study the planet. At the same time, the people of Pandora, who are, whose religion is to worship their planet and the, the divine natures of their planet. So they're sort of allied together. And then on the other side, you've got this military complex and the business people who are evil and who are trying to be greedy and make as much money as they can by stripping the resource. And they don't care about the planet and they don't care about the, the people that live on the planet. And so you kind of get this idea. Does it sound familiar of like the political environment that we find ourselves in in our world? You know, people that are on one side think the other people on the other side are evil and people on the, 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 the right side think that the people on the left side are just a bunch of wackos that don't care about you know realistic things so we here we have this modern thing and the trees on pandora are sacred and the planet is alive and it's divine and it's basically the storyline for modern environmental the modern environmental movement in our times the modern secular environmentalist movement often speaks of and treats the earth as if it were God. And I think this is the problem. Sometimes they even kind of call the world Mother Earth. And there's this idea that, uh, that the world is to be worshipped. It's the most important thing that we have. And they would even wrap their arms around science and they would say, see, look, science is on our side. They agree with us. Meanwhile, there's this simplistic, romanticized idea that Mother Nature and it, it is, is a god or a goddess. And the plants and the birds and the trees are alive and we need to love planet Earth and Mother Nature or some would say even worship her. 
And this is what I think turns many Christians and rationally minded people off to the label environmentalist. It's not that we don't care about the environment. It's just that we want to have a different idea of it. We don't want to put the creation so high up on a pedestal that it becomes an idol. God cares about the earth. And if we truly care about God's green earth, we will want to take care of the environment around us. We've got to get back to God's plan, though. You see, the earth is important, but it is not God. Tree frogs in the Amazon rainforest are very important, but they are not God. And they're maybe not as important as people. We've got to be very, very careful that we don't make nature into an idol. At the same time, we've got to recognize that humanity is full of sin. It is part of humanity's fallen sinful nature that we selfishly think we are the only things on this planet that matter. And our selfish greed sometimes leads us to think that we can use the earth and its resources however we want, even if it destroys the creation around us. But the earth is not ours to use and abuse however we want. The earth belongs to God. And the Lord allows us to use and enjoy his earth, but we must take care of it. But what can we do? You see, taking care of the earth is more than a philosophical debate. What are some practical things you can do to do your part to take care of the environment? Perhaps you would think I would say something like reduce, reuse, and recycle, which is one of the slogans in the environmental movement. But that's not what I would say. Now, there's nothing wrong with reducing, recycling, and, and, and reusing. Have you ever seen me drive my truck up here? <laughs> that old nasty, dirty, rusty truck? Like 90% of that truck is made from junk that I recycled and reused. Um, so I have no problem with that. And I think those can be good things to do. But if we really want to care for God's green earth, we have got to go deeper. We've got to go deeper down to the core of the problem. The most important thing you can do is you must ask God for forgiveness for 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 rejecting his lordship. You have to repent of your sin. You have to follow Jesus. Now, that's not just because I'm a preacher and preachers are supposed to tell everybody to turn to Jesus. All right. Yeah, that's what we do. But the reason we do it is because that is at the very core of every problem that we face. You see, because we as humanity were made by God and we were called to be stewards of God's green earth. And yet we have tried to rebel and we've tried to take ownership of our life and everything around us that we can. And when we do that, as we do that, that's where all of these problems come from. It's where. Uh, trashing the environment comes from. It's where uh, treating people badly comes from. It's where slavery comes from. It's where poverty comes from. All of this comes because we have taken our allegiance off of God and we've put it on something else. 
or we put it on ourselves. And so we have to start at the beginning and we have to repent of that and turn back to God. And that's why Jesus Christ came to make a way for us to repent and be forgiven of our sins and get our relationship with God back into a right relationship. If you want to make a real difference in the environment or in anything, that's where you have to start. You remember, what did Jesus say? He said, repent of your sins and turn to God. And he said, go and make disciples of Jesus Christ. He did not. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, the perfect son of God, he didn't come and say, now go stamp out slavery. He didn't say that. He didn't say, now go fix the environment. He didn't say, now go get rid of poverty. He didn't say that. He said, go and make disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's interesting. Because here's the thing. You have to change your worldview. If you just go try to get rid of slavery then there's going to be all kinds there's still going to be all kinds of problems. If you try to get rid of poverty, there's going to be all kinds of problems. But Jesus said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things will be given to you as well." If you get your relationship with God right, all of the other things begin to fall into place. And that's what we see. You see Jesus didn't say, "Go get rid of slavery." He said, turn to God. But what do we see as the result of that? Why did slavery go away? It wasn't because of just because of activists who were only cared about slavery. No, it was because of Christians who recognized that slavery was not God's plan. And it took us a long time to get to that place and realize it. But we did. And this is this is the way. Christianity works. You have to get your relationship with God right. But when you do, these other things begin to take care of themselves. If you want to really make a difference in the environment, you get your relationship with God right. Recycling cans or protesting to save whales won't cut it. That's not enough. You have to go deeper. You have to learn to walk that middle ground that goes between two extremes on the one extreme where you worship nature and on the other extreme where you abuse nature and think you can use it however you like you have to go through the middle and recognize nature for what it is it's God's and we are stewards of it God loves his creation just like he loves us and if we love God we will love that which he made Now, what should you do to take care of the world? Again, what did Jesus say? He said, go and make disciples of Jesus Christ. If you want to be the greatest environmentalist that ever lived, here's what you should do. Go get somebody to give their life to Jesus Christ. That, that's, it's that simple. Because as they do that, they will treat God's world the way it ought to be treated. If you want to get some evil company that's greedy and is using and abusing God's creation to start doing the right thing, go to the CEO or the board of directors or whoever, convert them to Jesus Christ, and guess what they will start doing? They will start treating God's world the way it deserves to be treated. 
But we always want to do, we want to treat the symptoms and not the core issue. God's ultimate goal is to redeem and to restore all of creation. We talk about how people get saved, but the fact is that all of creation is saved by God's plan. See, the creation was perfect when God created it, but it suffered the fall right along with people. Even though creation did nothing wrong, it was people who sinned. But all of creation suffers because of it. And one day, it tells us in the Scriptures that God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And everything's going to be perfect again. If you want to know what heaven is going to be like, the ultimate eternal life is going to be like, look at what the Garden of Eden was like in the beginning. That's God's plan. It's to turn us right back to where He started. This is the whole message of the Bible. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And God's green earth is not disposable. It's not something that we are allowed to misuse and abuse for our own selfish pleasure. We are to be good stewards who care for God's land. The earth is the Lord's and all therein. You may make use of it as you need, but you shall not abuse it in your greed. So, as we come to the close of the message today, I want to invite you is Jesus Christ your Lord? Is, 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 have you turned your life over to Him? Because that's where it all starts. Whatever the problem is that you're facing, whatever the ways that you've been abusing, whether it's the earth or whether you've been abusing other people, it all starts with turning to God, repenting of your sin and turning to God. So as we close the message today, I invite you to turn to God. Maybe today it's for the very first time you, you've decided and you realize that you are, have not been the person that you need to be. You've been trying to be Lord of your own life. And you need to turn to Jesus Christ and let Him be your Lord. If that's your choice today for the first time, hallelujah. Come forward and kneel at the altar and just pray to God and say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for living the way I live. I give myself to you now. From now on, you will be my Lord. You will be my Savior. Come do that today. But you know what happens oftentimes is as we make a start and we go so far, but then we, have, we hold back these little parts of ourselves, right? We never really fully turn it over. And that's just part of the Christian life as you go through. Day by day, listening to what God is saying to you and realizing that there's this one part of your life that you need to continue to turn over. So what is that for you? What have you been holding back from the Lord? What do you need to kneel down before God today and pray and say, Lord, I haven't been doing my best. I haven't been doing my best and doing my part to take care of your plan. What can I do? And you turn that over to the Lord. Or maybe it's something else in your life. Maybe you've been struggling with some kind of addiction. And today is the day God's calling you to, to lay that down before Him. Turn it. You've got to treat not just the symptom. You've got to go to the core. And it's always about your relationship with God.
through Jesus Christ.